that's always that's, I was gonna say one of the like Josh Hamilton ever tosses you a baseball, you run the opposite direction, no matter what. Like it's a charity event, he's standing right in front of you. It, it doesn't matter. You do not try to catch that ball. You well, get out of the bathroom at Sherlock's. I mean, wherever you are. One of the Next one of the Hamiltons you know, is one of the Hamiltons is tossing balls, but it ain't him. Have you watched any of that? No. I watched the first episode of it. The show's terrible, but I don't know. You're it's not like breaking news to me. I, that's why I'm not watching it. Irritainment, but she looks. I think she looks not good. Well, I never thought she looked great, like even when she was with him. But then you kind of had to risk adjust it for like, well, yeah, but there was the whole meth thing, and but she wasn't on it. It's like secondhand meth. No, I'm saying that. Okay, follow me here. Okay. Or do you get where I'm going now? Uh, no, go ahead. I need you to explain this. Okay, so say like, I don't know, like you picture like the most attractive woman you can imagine, like Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. So like you would expect Bailey's husband to be a very attractive, well-built man, right? Not somebody on meth. But then like say... Picture somebody that looks like Nia Jax. Like she might be willing to ride out her husband being on meth because she's like, yeah, that's probably all I can do. Where if Bailey's husband was on meth, she would just immediately leave him and then go find another really fit, attractive uh, member of the Balor Club. Okay. So you see where I'm going with this now, right? This makes more sense. Uh, I see. I see where you're headed now. On uh, Are what we episode is this? Yeah, where this is the show? No, this is the show. What episode is this? This is actually episode one twenty four. Oh, okay. So this is the Jeff the wrong emphasis. The wrong no, this is the Jeff there. Gordon episode because there's only one twenty four. <laughs> All apologies <laughs> to William Byron. Oh, this is not a Mark Aguirre tribute. <laughs> I feel like all my jokes are missing the mark tonight. I don't know what's going on. I thought you were going all to right. like 24 the TV show. No, I got it, but I just kind of Rainbow Warrior. Boy, you want to yeah. talk about if we wanted to if we wanted to take the show down just like the most biggest of deviation ever, like go back and let's do episode by episode review of 24 season 1. <laughs> wow. Never, never seen an episode of that show. Wow. Not Th- one. This is actually, all kidding aside, this could possibly be a bit. Because season one is really good. I, I think I've seen every season. I'm pretty confident I have. At least every season with Kiefer Sutherland. If they did a, if they did a reboot without him, I didn't watch it. But season one is is really good and then it was yeah. like one of those shows that they just it jumped the shark and they just it just kept getting more and more preposterous. It was like it like went from you know like the president's going to be assassinated to well let's let's have a nuke go off and blow up the world. Well, well no, let's have two nukes go off. You know, it, it yeah. went to that level. It was also like the first season stuck to the original bit right which was every episode is one hour of the day so there was like you know parts where keith or sutherland was having to rest or get a drink and they like really tried to play it up like he's living out this day 
And then the later episodes, like, they still had the timer, but it's like, oh, we need him to be in L.A. tomorrow? Well, guess what? We have a plane that'll get you there in 40 minutes. Right. And and then, like, main characters would get shot in one episode and then be totally fine and recovered the, the next hour. Yeah. <laughs> The cliffhanger would end with somebody bleeding out, and then by the end of the next episode, which in the premise of the show was 45 minutes later, they're completely healed. Let's just say the the Glenn four-year recovery for an ACL was not a, not a big that was, player. That was not in play. No. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm missing much by not watching this show. No, it would be it would be it would be something that we would review for the comedic value. So very, okay. very different than when I reviewed Friday Night Lights, completely serious for the cinematic masterpiece that it was. Yeah, the and my pa- continued review of The Wire. <sighs> Do you know what show I started? Um, that I had never watched a second of until about two weeks ago. Ally McBeal. No. The Sopranos. Never seen it. Well, maybe you should jump on, and then we can we can take this journey together. There can be two sets of foot spr- footprints. Now, I have no, I have watched be- The Sopranos, but it has been a very long time. So I could I could at, at high story plot points I could converse with you, but as far as nuance of each episode, I would be way gone because it's probably been eight plus years for me on The Sopranos. So that was on from like. 2000 to 2007, eight, something like that. Yeah, it. Sometime before he died is when it aired. Good call. <laughs> is it? it also, uh, does well, it show it in the four by three? Still, it's not in HD. Well, I'll tell you. Here's how we can narrow it down. It was filmed sometime before he died, and the intro to every show shows the twin towers. To every episode. Yes. It was on past 9-11, though, right? Or did well, it end? Let's put it every episode I've seen. <laughs> He's oh, only okay. watched one season. Okay. How, how many episodes uh, into it are you? I've, I've finished season one. All right, hold on. I'm going to get you uh, Sopranos Wikipedia. I had a really weird interaction with someone on the plane. I was watching it, um, which we'll get to, flying home from Vegas. And... So I have it on my phone, earphones in, right? So the girl sitting next to me, all she can see is occasionally see the screen of my phone. And an episode ended, I took my headphones out for a second to do something. She's like, oh, what are you watching? And I was like, oh, I'm watching The Sopranos. I've never seen it. And she's like, oh, yeah, it looked really good. What does that mean? (laughs) She's like, I've never seen it, but it looked really good. It looked good. Glenn, you were you were close, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I didn't watch it because during the majority of those years I wasn't doing very well financially. So having HBO was a big that would have been a big deal. So so how do yeah, how do you how do you justify the last twenty years of your life? Would you say it's like ten years of not doing well financially and then ten years of not doing well physically? Uh, and hypothetically, if you had to choose one or the other, which would you take? And I don't know if last 10 years not doing well physically, but the majority of the last five have been have been a real struggle. My, my question was, now that you can afford HBO, you could probably also perform, 
afford a nice HD projector? Like, could you project it onto a fence right now and watch, <laughs> and watch it? No, you'd be watching, you'd be seeing Tony Soprano's almost head through a, a green netting. <laughs> Still not there. Yes. And, and I'm, uh, I, I'll be out of town next week, so... Two weeks from now, when I rejoin you, they will still not be there. Is this is this the easiest money I've ever made? That that it'll be 2020 before this well, happens. And that's only the that's only the start of it. So so first off, this is tell me where to turn episode one one hundred twenty four. Apparently, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Glenn three underscore eleven. Uh, you can find me at Tommy two underscore zero. And you can find me at point break underscore Dave. You can find the show at where to turn pod, but so fence issues aside, I've run into some chaotic, not chaotic, but some unfortunate car issues over the last week. The new car. I have a new vehicle. Oh, I, I'm very well aware of which. Yeah. Package for later, but I may have ridden in this new vehicle. <laughs> it was struck. In the windshield by a rock. <laughs> now, unfortunately, this was not a, uh, the result was not something that could be patched. It was not the, uh, as we would say, it was not the Chan Ho Park of uh, windshield strikes. You got hit by the ricochet rock? We got hit by the ricochet rock. And we oh, had this thing on. less, go ahead. I'm confused by your word patched. <laughs> you don't pat. You got the green netting out, didn't you? And tried to put it over the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Dave does so have a Dave does have a pretty good point there, though. <laughs> All right, this is semantics, okay? The thing is, it's something like this. I'm not even attempting to fix it myself, obviously. So, so you but didn't attempt to patch your windshield, <laughs> right? We're at the uh, repair my windshield. We're having to replace it. Had the thing less than a month. I'm already replacing the windshield. That's unbelievable. You, you the think price. they make windshields better than that? Uh, you think so? Okay. Yeah. Take a guess on the price. Is this a car or SUV? It's a. It's an SUV. It's a third row SUV, which has like the safety features that you know it pops up on the wind on the windshield if. Uh, you try to switch lanes and somebody's next oh. to you or you're veering out of your lane and all that. So that factors in too. Oh, really? That's not just the projector that actually the windshield matters on that. Yeah. There's like a, <laughs> a recalibration that has to be done to make sure that it works. So, you're so that's, say, that's why it broke. They, they made it out of the same material. They make like a TV glass out of, <laughs> they didn't realize it had to stand up to road debris. I'm going to say, $349. I'm going to ask a, I'm going to ask a question before I guess. Is insurance okay. covering this? Huh? Does insurance cover this? Uh, I have to pay my deductible. Okay. So but we're talking about the total price not what you're out of pocket. So we're, yeah, we're talking the glass, the molding, the recalibration, <laughs> the servant, basically the labor charge. Yeah. Did you go together. did you go 4K or just uh I was, 1080p. Just, I was just going parts. I wasn't going labor. Oh, uh, 
Here's so a, you would basically if, like double your guess if you're going yeah. labor and all that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if we were on Price is Right, I would guess $1 higher than Point Break Dave. But since we're not, I'm going to say $1,700. Okay. So it's somewhere in the middle. I'm really glad it's not $1,700. But it, before tax, everything together is just short of a grand. Wow. And I'll be out my deductible. The insurance covers the rest, but fun times. So do uh, were you driving when this happened, or was this a... Um... No, I was not. I was not driving. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? Uh, we have visitors. Awesome. So I'm assuming that if you had to replace the entire, the entire windshield... <laughs> it was very much a, like, you knew when it happened. It wasn't like a crack that spread. It was like, boom, this is not good. Well, it hit it, like, on the, the driver's side, right on the edge, and I wasn't driving it, but the play-by-play I got was that at first it was just a small crack, and then it began, it began to ricochet further and further <laughs> across, and it goes, like, almost the whole driver's side half of the windshield. That's only half my problem. All right, boys, you'll have to go to bed. This is uh, not suitable for children. <laughs> this is when the show gets a little blue. That's right. So then this ha- that happens on last Thursday. We get that news. Got to deal with that. Two days later, I'm driving to uh, pick up the kids from they're staying with the grandparents, and uh, going in my truck. So we meet at a place halfway in between, and. Um, Making the exchange, you know, getting the kids in the in the truck, getting them all belted in and all that kind of stuff. And I'm talking to my, my mom and my dad um, just wants to say bye to the kids. So I got an old truck, okay? Things just start going wrong. So the back door is locked. So the front door is open. So he just reaches over and hits the button to lower the window. So he lowers it like halfway. He's just talking to the kids or whatever. He goes to raise the window. Window won't go up. Oh, no. Like the motor's kind of running, but the window won't go up. So I've had this happen on the other side before, and it and you just had to kind of help it a little bit palm until it, it kind of got in place and then let it go. So Sometimes we did that. you have to help things to get them. That's right. All the way up. Yes. That's right. So push the window up. It falls back down a little bit. I'm like, all right. You know, we're, we're okay. We'll try this again. Do it, like, do it again. The thing then is, like, all just window hell breaks loose. It just slides all the way down, like, so far into the door that you can't retrieve it. So now I have to take this. Right now I have trash bag <laughs> over my left rear window. And I've got to take it in. And they, I assume they're going to have to, like, take the door off. Repair that, put a new motor in it, get the window back on the track and in place. So I got to deal with that at some point in time. And to be honest with you, the other side needs it done too. So would you want it to? I don't know how much this is going to cost. Do you do you want to take a gander how how much that's going to be? I think this one, being that it's an older vehicle, you're not replacing the window. You're just replacing the motor. I will say you're out you're out the door on this one for under two hundred. Okay. For I'm one sorry, side. Sorry, I, I need to get. I need to get my breath back. <laughs> like, what's what's cracking me up about this is like, if this was someone maybe living on the margin, I would have sympathy. But the fact that this is 
big time executive Glenn drive around with a trash bag window. I will, I'll tell you what, I will pay, I will buy your meals for the next, until you get it fixed, as long as they're purchased at a drive thru <laughs> and you have to peel the trash bag down <laughs> to, to hand the money. I already been over the weekend and on Monday morning I went to the gym and I took the truck because it's not hot. So, you know, whatever, you know, you can roll the other windows down that do function. Yeah. And I'm okay. Is it like hard to hear the radio over the flapping, flapping, flapping sound? <laughs> it is. And what I didn't notice is I guess from uh, driving it somewhere the day before it worked kind of a hole, a small <laughs> hole in the bag. So as I'm gunning it down the road to the gym, that starts to spread. The hole does. No pun, whatever, that's not a pun. No, I mean, it um, happens. And then all of a sudden, the bag just completely comes off, like, five minutes from my house. And then it's it's holding on, but it's flapping like an actual, actual flag. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So it's just been, it's been a rough week of just dumb things. I'm just amazed at, at the amount of time you will ride something out. If that was my vehicle, it would have been in the shop within two hours of that happening. So I couldn't do it on Saturday because I had promised to take the kids a bunch of places. It was just me. The wife was out of town and I, I really would have taken it whenever the guy, the shop that I use as soon as they could get it in, except for I had to deal with the other car and I'm balancing going back and forth to dealerships while the wife and kids are committed to something that's very faith-based this week. They need a vehicle to get back and forth. Were they committed to something that might be considered an amazing experience? Yes, it was. Okay. There were skateboards involved, apparently. Lots of skateboarding, for Christ. Again, this would be a situation where I would have either rented a car, I would have dropped it off on my way to work. I mean, this, this is something that would take a repair shop less than a day to fix. You drop oh, yeah. it off on your way to work, you catch an Uber to the office, and they call you when it's done. I mean, this is not a difficult problem to solve. And it is Thursday at 9 o'clock right now, and you still have trash bag window. <laughs> I will, uh, I'm, I'm on vacation next week, but when I get back the week after, I'll take it in and get it fixed. So you're just going to let only- the truck sit outside while you're on vacation with trash bag window? It's not going to rain. <laughs> July. It's 100 degrees every day. It's not going to rain. And there's nothing there. That truck has actually been broken into because I left it unlocked behind my house in the driveway. It was broken into one time. I went out in the morning. The door was open. The glove box was open. The middle console was open. There was stuff like strewn about. Not a single thing stolen. They went through the entire content and said, this is not worth my time. Even if it was unlocked, you think the the fence would have come out? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm noticing a theme here of gaping holes being held together by substandard materials. Oh man, so many ways to go with that. You got to get an extra stitch for my fence. <laughs> no, but we're we're gonna get the truck fixed. The other vehicle will be fixed this time tomorrow. That'll be taken care of. We'll get the truck fixed in a couple weeks, and then the time frame for for fence is August or September, and it is going to be so luxurious. It is going to be the fence that our leader has wanted to build across the entire border. 
I know so what I know what the theme how, music will be when it gets built. <laughs> how, Robert Rude would approve. I'm just p- picturing when you had first windshield trouble on wife's car that Mrs. Glenn walks out as Glenn's out there stretching a trash bag across the windshield. <laughs> like, no, nah, it'll be fine. It's a white <laughs> trash bag. You can see through it. See through that a couple eye holes for a good vantage point. Now, I got a picture sent to me that just said, pretty sure we're going to need a new windshield. I was like, that's, uh, that's great. Especially when you check the warranty and it says windshield repair covered, windshield replacement not covered. <laughs> You're like, great. That's the difference between between paying $100 and $500 for this thing. But what are you going to do? <laughs> if it was on, what's weird is, you know, the, the doors and windows are just falling out of my truck. But the windshield, I've had the thing for 15 years. Nothing's ever happened. I think we had, I know we had the windshield in my wife's car replaced once, maybe twice from stuff flying up off the road. And she's had this thing a month and we're already replacing the new car too. We actually wrote out a crack on the other car, but it was on the passenger side. So like, I'm not paying money to fix that. You're just going to have to deal with it. Speaking of riding it out, an interesting thing happened to me this morning. About... 8.15 in the morning, had a guy come to my office, concerned look on his face, and he said, hey... Um, Hold on, you're in your office at 8.15? Uh, yeah, I was there at 7.30 this morning. It was the... That's, uh, that's anti-Tommy. That's it was not the, Tommy's style. It was the corporate, uh, corporate annual corporate charity breakfast this morning. Are you they, raising money for Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we're donating money to... Uh, Nonprofits that supply windshields and passenger driver side windows to older vehicles. No, they. You know what they had there this morning was the uh, the cash cube. Are you guys familiar with that? With the uh, the kind of plexiglass. Oh, okay. Case that you get into, and the air shoots up from the bottom, and the money flies all around. And you put a homeless guy in there and see how much he can get. Yeah, but they did a very a very charity-focused spin. Whatever money you got out, then when you stepped out of the cube, there was a whole bunch of tables of different charities that you could donate to right there. You went south with yours, <laughs> didn't you? You just stuck a little bit in the front of your pants. Yeah, and... just uh, <laughs> stuffed a little down, yeah, down south. Yeah, I might have. No, so I had finished the charity breakfast, was back sitting at my desk. Guy comes in, concerned look on his face, and this is a quote. I, I'm not going not gonna to exaggerate. He said, I'm a little worried. I just went in the men's room, and the, uh, the toilet in there is spackled in blood. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my. We, we so, found someone doing worse than Glenn. So, again, I'm... Um, I didn't. I looked at the front of my office when I walked in, and I didn't see a sign on there that said facilities or maintenance. Did you? Uh, did you immediately say, "I've got it taken care of"? Go ahead and unfurl the trash bag and just ro- rake it across. Your problem solved. So I feel like I gave this guy like the kind of advice I would give my child. I was like, "Well, I guess you still have to go to the bathroom," and he was like, "Well, yeah, I didn't." go in there and I was like well 
Maybe go down the hall and find a different one. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. What are we going to do? Start doing pant blood pants checks for everybody? <laughs> Who in here has some sort of a stage four disease? You're yeah. not going to. But we did start um, discussing it. It did, it did uh, launch some interesting discussions about what, what exactly would create that. And we, we kind of basically settled on some type of a horror movie slash like zombie type scenario when you first infected and you just uh, uh, projectile out a bunch of blood. Yeah. So I think we're going to have some kind of a Walking Dead type scenario. I think you're going to have someone taking a, uh, a leave of absence soon and they're not going to return. Is that what the most likely thing? I did find myself the rest of the day sizing up pretty much everyone I saw, looking at them and being like, I wonder. Who's got blood mouth? Yeah. Well, I, think it, I don't think it was blood mouth. I think it was blood bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, colon cancer. Okay. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, I think we're more talking about pretty severe Crohn's disease, <laughs> ileitis, you can, IBS. You can, dive, you can dive those. Yeah. How dark was the blood? Okay. These are questions I didn't ask. Okay. I said, go find another bathroom. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you get shuttle driver? Like, you've been promoted. <laughs> Come up here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> While your shuttle's burning, can you come in here and clean the blood out of this toilet? That guy's still around? Yeah, he's still there. He's still hanging out. Okay. You know, they do this real annoying thing at my work. Do you do you have um, all-female janitorial staff in your building? Uh, oh, where they knock on the, yes. the door? They're like, hey. And, and you know what they, I think they do today, is they, yes. they have like a closed-circuit TV of my office, and they're like waiting for, for be like, okay, this guy looks like he's got to take a dump. Let's wait one minute until he gets everything perfectly situated, gets his phone out, gets DraftKings pulled up, and then we're going to knock on the door and make him yeah. announce himself from the toilet. As, as the doors open and people right, are as, as, by. Yeah, the exactly. Because yeah, it faces the main hallway, and then it's like, and I know the, I know the sound of the knock because it's just like this little housekeeping. And then you have to be like, yep, I'm in here. But then they never hear you the first time. So then you have to say it louder, like, yep. enter at your own risk. And then you're just like, you know what? You should do every other bathroom and then come back. That's about the right time. Well, no, because it, that really throws off my whole day because I like to kill a good 30 minutes in there. I've got, a, I've got my whole routine, right? I set all my lineups, check Twitter, check the show Twitter. Knock so, out, knock out a few moves on our Chinese poker game, and then once this. they knock, then it just it breaks the whole mood. Do you also have the uh, the gamble of? Did they try this bathroom first? And if I say I'm in here, then they'll go do the women's, and I got a little bit of time. Or did they already do the women's, and now they're just, right. just sitting out there for two right. minutes? Right, and and you know what I always do when I come out because invariably she's standing there, just kind of slumped over the cart giving me the eye and now i say what do you think about coors <laughs> i always say Back him up. <laughs> hey there's still another guy in there i always say that oh really oh yeah even if there's not yeah because it makes me so mad that they interrupt my dump i just say hey there's still another guy in wow. there oh yeah oh yeah well that and i want to let like the smoke clear a little bit 
I don't want her to know that somebody <laughs> as, as professional and buttoned up as me is capable of that. Yeah. Well, hey, weren't you telling... Dave, you were telling me the story about your friend that didn't even realize that he had a problem until he got married. Oh. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, that was a story. Basically, the... Uh, hey, now. <laughs> hey! You didn't need to see that. Um, no, the, uh, the guy's wife was basically... <laughs> in the next room and heard his, his, what he considers his normal happens every day. And he walked out and she's like, what was that? <laughs> it's like, Oh, nothing. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> he had the, uh, he had the NO explode, the daily NO explode, which we've all been there, but he lived yeah. his whole life thinking that was just normal until he got married and his wife informed him that that in fact was not normal. Yes. That's a great that story. that makes sense. Like, why, uh, you wouldn't know. No. You wouldn't Ignorant know. Bliss. You, yeah, you, I mean, I'm sure, sure, you know, there's a podcast now where you can just sit down and discuss the intricacies of how that's supposed to go. But yeah, I, I guess if you led a sheltered existence, that's possible. Can I, uh, can I talk about someone who's not living a sheltered existence? Sure. I took a trip to Tennessee recently. You know, let's just, I know someone that lives there. And let's just say this man to my right over here on the screen is, uh, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> he was all grown up. He is living in a, a lush community with a fountain yeah, and a, a fountain. community pool. Yes. Uh, a lovely home, which I, Inside and out, I love the uh, exterior. I love the design of it. <laughs> it is uh, fantastic. Howdy. How, how many exotic animals did he have in his uh, at his palatial <laughs> palace? It was an Maybe elephant redundant. named Babar <laughs> that interrupted our conversations. Uh, but no, I went out there for a visit and... Uh, Got to got to experience the lovely area of Franklin and Nashville, Tennessee. That's right, and a good time was had by all. That's right, and uh, I, I will I, w I will say this before I forget to mention this, but the first night that we were there, um, Tommy and his lovely wife were asleep in the middle of the night, and someone and Dave, you can guess, someone from my visiting party walked into their room at four in the morning right stood over tommy's wife and said i need your help oh, who do no. you think that was what's the name of my room did baltimore glenn make an appearance <laughs> it was not me it was one of my uh one of the things i fired into the world it was not it was not me he had, had a bit of a bit of an accident and but shot me to me shockingly but the smart move was not to go to the people that don't live there but go to the people who do right he he actually reasoned it out perfectly well and was like who's the most likely person in this house to know where clean sheets are and went directly to them it was brilliant and also he knows glenn doesn't care <laughs> glenn's 
Glenn's asleep. He's just like, ah, whatever. Oh, I could already tell you, if he would have rolled in there, which he wouldn't have, he would have woke his mom up and not me. But he wakes me up. I would have been like, oh, man. All right. Well, change your clothes. Get in bed with your brother. We'll figure it out in the morning. There's not going to be any of this changing sheets and all that kind of stuff. No. This ain't my problem. It's in my problem at 4 o'clock in the morning. By 4.05, I'm out. Just lay down with your brother in the bed that he was in. You're good to go. I remember one time having one of my kiddos have the uh, the throw-up sickness. Okay, that's different. Go- going through at least three sets of sheets oh. to like the point where you're just like in the middle of the night, you're like, I should just bring them in here but with me, but then you're like, I don't want to get whatever they have. Yeah, that's a tough one. Some other so, other highlights of the trip. Yeah, other highlights of the trip. I uh, took uh, took Glenn and family to downtown Franklin, and we played a little game while we were standing outside of the uh, confectioner's shop after we'd all got our handmade candy and cookies. And we played a little game called Count the People That Read the Playbook or Count the People Who Don't Need to Practice. <laughs> Lot, and uh, it, it, it turned yeah, it turned turns out that everybody there needed to practice. <laughs> we couldn't yeah, find one person. We, we couldn't did. find one person we, that could just run a four four forty with roll out of bed and run a four four forty. Yeah, after the entire evening, we spotted one tailback. <laughs> that was it. But boy, we had we had QBs and backup offensive coordinators. So many punters. Yes, yeah. we had punters and kickers galore. It was unbelievable. We went to the Nashville Sounds game and were so excited to find out when we arrived that we would be treated to an Austin Bibbins Dirks start. It was it was faith and family night too, which was a plus. Yeah, which was ironic because uh, the woman city seated directly behind me. I thought we were going to have another incident, Ranger game type incident. So, of course, it's Glenn and I and the older boys who are older, meaning seven and eight, not 16. So they may not be familiar with the term like was stated when uh, the seatmate behind us sat down and said, look, I have a small mouth and big teeth. I'm not sucking anybody's dick. <laughs> and uh, that's when Glenn kind of cut a glance back there, and we heard the uh, OS. There's kids there. Yeah. Always a always a good to uh, get another swear word in. This but lady, this, was, this lady like deserved the, a medal. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. She somehow, and it was hot. I mean, this was a, a humid Nashville night. She managed for the entire length, and, and I would agree that this was probably one of the longest games the Nashville Sounds played all year. There was a lot of runs scored, a lot of pitching changes. Obviously, if Austin Bibbins Dirks is involved, there's a lot of home runs hit by the opposition. She managed to talk the entire game without taking a breath to the point where several of the male counterparts that were with her got up and just left during the game and never came back. Yeah. And she was like, as part of her commentary, be like, oh, hey, where did Joe go? I guess he went home and they just couldn't take it. It was such a weird dynamic, too, because she didn't 
look like she belonged with this group of just it was like six spares. Yeah, it was, it was almost like they went to a place that serves 29 degree beer and then somehow <laughs> talked this woman to go to the, to the minor league baseball game with them. Yeah. We struggled the and whole they game. All immediately regretted it. Exactly. We struggled the whole game to figure out what the relationship was between her and these six guys, because they, they, they really did look like, like six guys that were seated in the front two rows at an NXT event. <laughs> and then they're there with this girl and she's kind of seated in the middle. They all know each other's names but then they don't really seem to know too much else about each other because a lot of the conversation was centered around of, of oh well where do you live where do you work so it wasn't like it wasn't like they had intimate details of who each other was it was the stra- it was the strangest night and i was just white knuckling the whole time because the conversations were veering into very adult subject matter at different times and we've got these two impressionable young kids there she censored herself after like the first couple of innings. I think so. Because I mean, kind of had to glare back a little bit. Never had to confront anybody. It was just more annoying because if it was a four-hour game, she talked for two hours and fifty-five minutes of it, like constantly. Yeah. Luckily, our kids were way more interested in trying to get on the guitar-shaped jumbotron. <laughs> Which they did several times. They were successful in several times. Yeah. Yeah, we caught a nice Nashville Sounds game. We did a little touring of the greater Nashville area. But, yeah, all in all, I would say it was a successful show trip. And I just want you to know that you're welcome back in the state of Tennessee anytime. Oh, we'll be back. In the TriStar area, as I like to say. (laughs) We'll make a return trip. How uh, How was Vegas? Vegas is the greatest city on earth. How was the trip though? I know I know Vegas is doing well. How are you doing post Vegas? It was awesome. No, it was tons of fun. We uh had lots of sports bets. We uh rolled a lot of lot of dice, played some poker, ate some good meals. Two uh <clears throat> two highlights was I guess the most well, I don't know, they're both cool, but what was the name of the place? Was it Javier's? Yeah, Javier's. Aria? That's correct. So we were all, so me and Tommy and a few other of our traveling companions were going to do a couple nice dinners. So the first night we were there, we went to a place called Javier's at Aria. Very nice, very nice food. It's a you know Mexican cuisine. So we're sitting... <clears throat> My wife and I and another couple in our party got there first. So obviously the restaurant's, you know, just off the casino floor and there's a craps table going with probably seven, eight people. And I kind of look over and it's a $50 minimum craps table. So you have to have a lot of money to play in that kind of game. Right. So we're waiting around and I always like to kind of, go over and look at those high stakes tables and just kind of see what people are doing. So I walk over, I'm not really paying attention to anyone at the table. I'm just kind of looking at the felt and seeing, you know, where the big money is. And down at the far end, that guy's playing the biggest out of everyone at this table. So I kind of glance up to see who that is. Oh, that's Paul George. Whoa. Yeah. 
He had a stack of orange chips, which are 5,000. Just okay. like holding them. He you know, had a lot in play. And I'm kind of looking around to see if there's anyone else. And there was two other dudes that, you know, just looked like, you know, handlers, friends, whatever. They weren't, they weren't anyone I recognized from the NBA. So I'm like, man, that's crazy. And, you know, the rest of our party got there. And I kept telling them, I was like, dude, go look. That's Paul George. The next morning I wake up meeting everyone for breakfast. I walk into the sports book to grab an odds sheet and all over the TVs, it's like Paul George trade Clippers. I was like, Whoa, we could have broke the news. Man. Could have been shooting <laughs> dice and broke the news. Well, and, and you burying the lead or not the lead, but didn't you have a bathroom encounter before Paul George? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I totally forgot about that. So I was flying, I was flying solo out there cause Mrs. Dave had driven out to West Texas, drop off the kids with her parents. She was flying Lubbock to Vegas, and I was flying from the Big D. So I'm uh, I'm sitting in the gate, Southwest, because I have a trash bag window. <laughs> um, well, you got to be careful with Southwest. They actually have windows that come out mid-flight. Yeah, so. that's kind of yeah. It might be too soon for that joke. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. But I'm sitting there, and there's like a, a few like just generic looking you know kids in their twenties and uh, like Mavs polos, and I'm like, oh, they must be like you know interns or something flying out for the summer league. And then as we start getting closer to boarding time, oh, here comes all the summer league players. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Vegas summer league. So. Obviously, they're pretty easy to spot. It's a bunch of six, eight black dudes. And I'm like, oh, wow. So they're flying out here. And then I saw Daryl Armstrong. I'm like, oh, okay. so the coaching staff. All right, cool. So I get in the plane. These poor guys, man, they didn't. Apparently, Cuban didn't pay for them to get the automatic pre-board. There's no yeah. a-, a list preferred is not part of this group. no. I was I was a group, but I'm watching these poor dudes like having to find middle seats and they're all huge. But don't see anyone else of note. You know, obviously there's no main roster on there. Get off the plane. I'm walking into the bathroom right by the gate that we uh, landed at. And as I'm walking in, out walks Carlisle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> almost bumped into him. And that's and, and that's not the first angry. time. That's not the first time you've run into Carlisle in a bathroom either. No, it's not. Which we is saw, amazing. I don't remember what movie it was. We saw a movie and he was there, like at the Cinemark in Plano, yeah. walking into the bathroom and Carlisle was there. So, 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 Glenn, you can rank the stories in, as far as impressive. So, Dave runs into Carlisle. He spots Paul George just a few feet away from him. The next day, after we see Paul George, it's about one o'clock in the morning and I'm walking through like the real crappy part of Harrah's, like where you come in uh, from the alley. Okay, and yeah. uh, they're showing LPGA replays on the TV in the sports bar, and uh, one of the probably players that Hank Haney thought—I don't know if it was Lee Five or Lee Six—was making a shot, and uh, I'm I'm watching it, and, and I'm like, well, they're they're showing this for a reason because it's you know he's either going to go in or stop you know a foot from the cup, and uh, I kind of accidentally just bump arms with a guy as I'm you know, intently focused on seeing how this shot's going to play out. Well, the guy I was with goes, uh, 
hey, did you see who that was that you just ran into? And I was like, no, be quiet. I'm watching golf. He's like, that was Sam Cassell. <laughs> wow. So there you go. The I never saw him because I was watching over. LPGA. <laughs> no, but one other quick Vegas story was, uh, so because we're a degenerate and there's a big event going on, which happened to be whatever the next UFC pay-per-view was. I clearly was going to bet it because we're yeah. in Vegas and it's going on, but I know nothing about it. Tommy and I have a acquaintance that's very into UFC and send him a text. And I'm like, Hey, who should I bet on? And he immediately fires back. I don't The guy's name was Jorge something. Yeah. I don't even know who the guy, i still don't know who he was. <clears throat> Is this the kick guy? Yes. Yeah. So I look at the odds and he's an underdog. You're getting like two to one to bet this guy. I'm like, why is he telling me to bet this huge underdog? But I trust the guy, right? So I go up there, put a nice, nice size bet on him. We're out messing around. It's like, hey, we got to get back to the sports book. You know, this guy's fight's about to be on. Walk in. The whole point of this was to have a sweat in the sports book, right? Right. They're not showing it because it's in <laughs> Vegas and it's pay-per-view, so they won't show it in the sports book. So I'm like, you know, man, so I'm kind of looking on Twitter and the guy in front of me in the sports book sitting down is watching it on his phone. And I kind of see like the entrances come out and then, yeah, four second knockout. Jorge <laughs> wins. I throw up the one. <laughs> Cash that ticket. Oh, yes. Man. And then the final Vegas story and probably the most important one is, um, the next, well, I guess that was the night of the fight, but we were um, we were sitting at a nice steakhouse in the Park MGM, which, by the way, like what they've done with the place. Yeah. Good renovations there. And uh, big, long table. I think there was 11 of us there, maybe. Nine of us, 11 of us, something like that. Big, big party. Somebody looks at me and says, will you stop shaking the table with your knees? <laughs> And I said, my knees aren't anywhere near the table. And that's when we realized we were experiencing an earthquake. Wow. We are earthquake survivors. Point that's Break right. Dave and I survived an earthquake. An earthquake that stopped the D-League for the night, by the way, or the Summer that's League true. for the night. Yeah. It did not stop anything in this restaurant. It was <laughs> seven or eight seconds of shaking, everybody looking up at the chandeliers, swaying back and forth, and then it was like, well... Let's take a look at that dessert menu, I guess. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Unless the earth opens up and begins to swallow people. I mean, yeah. who cares? No, it was really it was really a strange sensation. It was it was um it was different than what I would have expected. It was almost more like swaying back and forth than really shaking. And then uh yeah, and then like the the restaurant manager came by and was like, "I just want to make sure everybody's okay after our little earthquake." And we're like, "What are you going to do? Like give us a free Give us a free yeah. shrimp cocktail or something. Like, if we said no, oh no, we're not okay. Yeah, this has I have ruined a big our whole problem trip. with your restaurant having an earthquake <laughs> during my dinner. Let me see your supervisor, sir. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, I'm an earthquake survivor. I need to talk day. to Mister TGI Fridays. <laughs> the. Uh... The next morning, um, on the local news there in Vegas, they showed 
footage of people like running out of the stratosphere after the earthquake. Or they may have just realized they were in the stratosphere. <laughs> could you like, oh no! Now, I don't know if it was strong enough to sway the whole building, but could you imagine if you were on top of the stratosphere doing those rides up there, like waiting in line, oh, and all man. of a sudden the building just starts swaying back and There's forth? There's no way. Like, that just, yeah, that just makes my palms sweat. But I can Have you guys done that before? No, I, up there and, and rode those? I've never been to the top of the stratosphere. Oh, man, you got to do the big top thing that shoots you straight up in the air. I don't do heights, brother. And don't do heights. <laughs> it's that's, a some, that's something people with trash bag windows say. <laughs> they have a thing where you, you ride on these swings that just go in a big circle and they take you over the edge of the building. You're like a thousand feet in the air. Well, I'm well aware of what it is. I'm just saying... That's not for me. Oh, okay. And I can report to you that in the highest of high-end steakhouses, there was no panic and nobody running for the exits. Eh. Nothing bad happens to rich people. <laughs> I think if we've learned one thing in this episode, that that, that is indeed the case. Yeah. So I had, uh, I think this was while you guys were in, in Vegas. I think it was right when you left. I uh, I went to a local comedy show oh. here, here in the greater North Dallas area to see a recently disgraced comedian by the name of Louis C.K. Huh. Interesting. Oh, yes, yes. So he was at the American Airlines he? Center? Was he Me too What what I forget what he... What was his thing? He... <sighs> Allegedly, oh, you know what? I remember what his thing was. His thing was kind of a weird thing with that. Yeah, this thing was an interesting, interesting. So, was he at the American Airlines Center? He was not. Was he at the Verizon Theater? He was not. Windstar? He was at the Addison Improv, which apparently seats exactly 288 people. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Mm. But one of those 288 was right here. <laughs> now, I almost didn't make it there, even though I live about six minutes from the venue. And for a 10.30 show, 10.15 show, I left here at like 9.30 just to have time to get there, park. Yeah, get a drink. Nice cocktail yeah. going. Maybe go potty right before because you don't want to be the guy who gets up in the middle of the set and then he points him out and he's like, what's this guy's deal? You know, yeah. one thing I didn't account for was uh, Addison Kaboom Town. Oh, no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's the problematic. E extremely popular fireworks show. Um, that was just starting like as I as I went down the road and, and turned on the first main road toward the venue, I see the fireworks start. I'm like, oh, cool, fireworks. And then it dawns on me as I get close. And I'm like, oh, crap. There are thousands of people down here. So that's when it dawned on you that that was July 4th. We did it on July 3rd. That's why it wasn't. Uh, okay, I'm with you. Because my theory is, and I mean no offense, they have it on July 3rd 
because the people that go to see this thing couldn't go see it on July 4th because they have to go to work the next day. <laughs> like me, I don't. I get that day off too. Oh, dear. So, so I'm assuming, because I think my, I've never been to Kaboom Town, but I understand it's just a big parking cluster. So there's probably nowhere to park anywhere near the venue. Am I correct in oh, saying man. this? I'm just getting started. So I, I roll through. There's plenty of traffic, but it's not, and there's people, you know, just across the tollway, uh, like a Arapahoe in the tollway. You guys are obviously familiar with, with the area. Like all up and down the roads, there's just a solid wall of people sitting in lawn chairs. And then up whatever road cuts to Beltline, I mean, the road, just people standing alongside the road or they're parked in these areas, you know, right outside their cars. And so I get to the venue, but there's zero parking. Right. There's not even not even a valet option. It's all full. And I circle around and I go a couple back roads and all these other places they're like places of business that don't want you to park there have signs up if you park here you're gonna get towed i actually pulled into a hotel thinking okay this is the cheat code right here i'll just park at this holiday inn and as i'm looking for a parking space and i find there are a few right at the end of the line i see a tow truck towing somebody oh wow I'm like all right this is not happening i'm not getting towed so well, I know it'd be, so, it'd be too easy for them with the bag on the window. They could even just put it in neutral for you. They wouldn't even have to, yeah, wouldn't even have to get all four wheels off the ground. Just roll it out, push it out into the street. So I circle back around. I'm like, I'll take another run at this. Unfortunately, I just, just too late, just to the point where the police started shutting down, like blocking off the roads. And like the lights all went flashing red. So they're directing traffic. They had actually blocked off the road that I needed to turn left on to go back across the tollway. The officer was putting the flares out on the road. Glenn 311 needs to turn left. Oh no. So what does Glenn 3 underscore 11 do? Did you disrespect the blue? Glenn goes ahead and just turns left. And as I turn into the far right lane and I pass the officer, she ye- like she yells at me, basically, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, I roll down the window that still functions, and I just play dumb. I'm like, no, what's going on? And she's like, you think I'm just putting out these flares for fun? <laughs> I chose to answer that question. I just apologized and just said, sorry, I didn't see it. And just... <laughs> Oh, wow. no. It's really on me, because even though I got through that intersection, I just need to make, like, a short, you know, saunter up to the next intersection and turn left to go to Beltline. Absolute gridlock. Like, I don't know how far this is. It's not even... It couldn't be a quarter of a mile. It took me 45 minutes, maybe close to an hour. Oh, my gosh. Just back to the main road. So surely the Addison and improv people didn't think this through. I mean, this is on them. Because, like, there's no point in having a show on Kaboom Town Night. It is on them, but then it's also, it turns out it's not really, like, they they risk-adjusted for Kaboom Town. Because I haven't spent a ton of money. It was, like, 35 bucks to go see them. So I'm like, if I'm out the money, it's not that big of a deal. But I'm also just trapped on this road. It's not just missing the show. 
So I finally get up there. There's still nowhere to park near the venue. I get down in some back roads and I'm driving like just away. I'm like on the other side of the venue. Finally, I find a shopping center. By this time, the fireworks show is over and people are starting to leave. But you have to kind of get past the traffic that's trying to get out. So I find a place that was at least a five to ten minute walk from the improv where I parked in front of a liquor store. And I make the walk to the venue thinking I'm going to walk in. He's going to be like almost done. Maybe they'll let me in. Uh, We'll see what happens. I get there. They delayed the show. They didn't start the show. It's supposed to start at 1015. They didn't start it until like after 11 o'clock. Not even the opening acts. Wow. Because they knew nobody could get there. So eventually Louis C.K. comes out and the first thing, the first thing that he actually addresses is the fireworks. And he's like, so you guys check out those fireworks? And everybody's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's like, I know I saw all those people. He's like, fireworks. Who gives a shit about fireworks? It does like a five minute bit of how worthless fireworks are. So then he gets to, um, like, uh, to your point, American Airlines Center, he's like, so, uh, yeah, I used to play arenas, <laughs> but not anymore. He's like, instead of thousands of people, I'm in front of 288 of you guys. He's like, if you want some advice, um, if you offer to pleasure yourself in front of two women and they say it's okay, still don't do it. Go ahead and just skip past that. Just don't do it. So it was... Uh, I wouldn't say it was a surreal experience because he's not like that big, but it was pretty weird seeing him, someone who I've only seen on like Netflix and HBO specials in a, in a place in like a huge theater in New York or something at the Addison improv where I saw Steve-O do, do up comedy one time. And where Dolph Ziggler took a chop. <laughs> and I wish I could have made it to that, but wasn't able to. So was it a good show? I mean, was it, was it, uh, dude, he's hilarious. It was all new material. So they had the, uh, have you ever been to an event where they confiscate your phone? No, I have not. I know. I mean, I'm familiar with the bag concept, but I've never been, I've never experienced it. Yeah, they bagged my phone. They put it on this, in this case that you can't open. And you have to keep like this little receipt they give you at the end of the night, or you can't get the, key or the code or whatever they do to reopen it unless you have you produce this receipt thing but um they didn't want anybody filming anything because it was all jokes and material he hasn't done before and they didn't want to get it on youtube and stuff so uh but it was great um he did (laughs) he did a whole line of humor around auschwitz oh no Uh, 9-11 joke um there (laughs) So he's not he's not tapping the brakes at all. It was like he wrote the set for me. <laughs> for our show at he, least. Jeez. He ended with this this bit about um like you know they used to make movies in the eighties about uh like a father and son. Something happens and they switch places, except for they needed to do it where there was a son and the and the mom they switch places, so it's a comedy and then <laughs> He's the mom, and then dad gets home from work, and suddenly it turns into a tragedy. 
That was a good bit. It was Man. it was a great show, and I got to meet uh, Gen X Davy of uh, thirteen ten the ticket fame. Well, former ticket guy. I met him right outside the restroom, so it was. Uh, <laughs> and you you knew who he was by sight. I did. Interesting. I, I'd seen him before. I kind of, you know, I'm 99% sure. So I kind of nudge him and I, you know, I'm like asking if that's who he is. And he's, yeah. And I introduce myself. And he's like, oh, yeah. Glenn three underscore 11. I recognize that name. <laughs> yeah. I um, love your show. I'm like, I think that's just something people say. <laughs> I don't think you know what my name is. And then he, then he said, man, you really need to invest in like a better internet connection. Make your show so much better. I feel like the connection's been pretty good tonight. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been okay. It's been oh. better. It's been, been better, better, but not perfect. I think this is the the best I can do. It may be like we hit a low point, and now it's coming. It's very much like Louis C.K. <laughs> <laughs> the low is in the past, and maybe now we're... Yeah, we're back at like the Addison Improv now. <laughs> okay. We're out of the tabloids. We're onto the... So if you, if you had... A, just seen him as just you or just got a free ticket to the Addison Improv. You, you didn't know any of the backstory. Do you leave there going like that guy's going to be huge one day? I mean, was it that was it that dramatic based on other people you've seen there? Well, he I mean, he was far and above the three comics that opened for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, not even close, just material wise and delivery wise. And one guy was just real over the top and just he basically screamed a lot, waved his arms around to cover up for his lack of actual material. I mean, I don't know if I'd never seen him before that. I'd be like, that guy's going to be huge, but he was clearly, clearly the best comedian I've ever seen there for sure. Good show. Good experience. That's good. I wanted to take the kids to, but, uh, <laughs> good, good experience for sure. Well, what do we got coming up on upcoming shows? What's is Mania next? Man, I don't know. I I will be unavailable next week unless you want me to loop me in by phone for a period of time. What uh, exotic destination are you going to now? Well, last year on this family trip, we went to Disneyland. This year, we're going to New Braunfels, Texas. <laughs> Wow, in a car with a with a bag window. <laughs> Going to say that's a that's a pretty big fall from grace. Yeah. So far this episode we've got this may be the the white trash trifecta. Glenn has talked about going to the stratosphere. <laughs> he has a trash bag over his window and then has talked about going to Bucky's to drop his kids off with someone else. <laughs> I didn't even, did I mention it was Bucky's? I think you did. Okay. Because if I didn't, that's a wild guess that is 100% spot on. I don't recall you saying Bucky's. I'm a little concerned about Dave here. Unless he's installed that's... tracking device in the functioning window of your vehicle. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It was a Bucky's. The one near the speedway. Of course it was. Got to be on brand. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe in a couple weeks we're doing WrestleMania 24. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm have i almost all the way through it. Got lots of notes. It's a good show. And we can also discuss next episode. 
I will be in a domicile that will be purchased next week. <laughs> oh, wow. New, new, new home. Place. So the next I episode, am, you, you will be in a different house. In a different city. You guys, they had one mass shooting in Plano. <laughs> you immediately put a for sale sign in your front yard and said, get me out of here. Yeah, that's what I, I that's what I heard Dave saying. <laughs> he has the he gets that report and when he starts seeing the numbers not to be into his liking, it's immediately flee to a new locale. Yeah. Well I think you'll probably both be safe where you're headed, at least for <laughs> a period of time. And I think Dave will have close access to Formula One. I will. Which means he might he may have a house guest come this uh Circuit of the Americas time next year because I'm in for that. You have two, in fact. I was going to say, I well, I fully expect to see Glenn because you make every home game, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I'm camped out. They're, they're playing La Tech. It doesn't matter. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. The face is painted. We're ready to go. All right, so we can talk about that relocation as well. Anything else? Well, let's, let's extend the trash bag over this episode. <laughs> Go ahead and taper shut.